How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, we're live? <laughs> just went live. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Just wanted to say appreciate everybody who listens, who comes and asks questions, just wanting to read, whether you watch it live or watch it later. Just appreciate you guys listening, taking the time out of your day to listen to God's word because <laughs> a lot of us put God on the back burner and he's not going to accept that. Is only going to reward the ones who diligently seek him. You have to put him first. We have, first, we have to thirst after him. And he said he will, he will quench our thirst if we seek him. But without any further ado, we can go ahead and get started if you're ready. Um, well, first I wanted to uh, start off by saying a prayer. For, um, if anyone cares to bow their head, take a moment. Gracious God, we thank you for yet again an opportunity to study your word, to seek the truth, to just be filled um, with you today. Uh, God, we thank you for how you continue to watch over us uh, through just our normal lives, how we've traveled to work, traveled to school, uh, traveled on trips, vacations, whatever the case may be, God. Thank you for how you continue to just uh, bestow your grace upon us. Lord, we pray for everyone who's going through hard times right now, our families, ourselves, everyone, God, that needs you in this hour of grief, in this hour of darkness, fear, torment. Lord, we, we pray for everyone out there, Lord, that people are hungry, without shelter, without clothing. There's so many things that are plaguing people worldwide, Lord, that we ask for uh, your mighty hand in all of our lives, Lord. And we pray this among many other blessings, even things that I'm even forgetting to even mention. But, Lord, we pray for this and many other things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, so, as Melvin already said, thank you for everybody who's tuned in with us. Thank you guys for uh, just bearing with us in this process. Um, as we continue to try to get better at bringing you guys information. And uh, in light of recent, recent news uh, worldwide, um, particularly the New Zealand shooting, uh, I remember I was at the house and it was kind of late that night and I seen someone share a message on my Facebook page. I can't even recall who it was. I tried to even find it and I couldn't find it. But I'm thankful for uh, the person that shared it, uh, just kind of alerting me that something was going down. And so I spent some time trying to find it. And uh, for all that do not know, uh, because it did happen in New Zealand, and I didn't see as much uh, mainstream news. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did see it publicized in the United States, but I didn't see it across my social media forums as much as I normally would when something happened in the United States, I'll put it that way. Uh, and um, this guy, um, and apparently he had two other people helping him also, but this guy, he kills about 50 people and he injured about another 20. And so, he posted it live on Facebook and it, it honestly brought tears to my eyes just to see the destruction that 
we have been deceived into committing uh, this man and these other two people just the amount of destruction that we can cause amongst each other uh, which shows no love for each other, no remorse, even for the judgment of God. It just continues to highlight us as humanity, how uh, Satan has deceived us. And so I kind of want to talk about that today um, because it is a very dark hour, especially for those people over there, um, despite whatever their religious uh, background is. Uh, despite their ethnicity, despite their race, whatever it is, despite all of that, it is a very dark hour for anyone who has uh, some type of tragic death in their family, even death alone, whether it's in a hospital, they pass away peacefully. It's a very dark hour for people. And so uh, my heart definitely goes out to those victims involved in this. And so I kind of wanted to discuss some of that today and kind of uh, look at some scriptures. So if we can, we'll start at Genesis, the third chapter, and we're going to look at verse 13. All right, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is, it, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. That's where we are today. God, now here, obviously, we're talking about Adam and Eve and how they had uh, ate of the tree that God forbid them to eat of. And, but I want us to grasp this question here. God asked Eve, what is this that thou hast done? And that's the question that stands before us today. What is this that was done, especially for the, the people involved in this incident? What is this that thou hast done? But honestly, it goes for all of us because we sin daily. What is this that thou hast done? A lot of times people say, we can look at the situation that occurred and people can say, oh, they know what they were doing. They plan to do that. Sure, people plan to do a certain thing, but the domino effect, the real outcome, the end game, People don't really truly understand what it is that they had done. See, we can even take Adam and Eve. They only ate of the tree, but they did not come, they did not factor in all of the things that would result from what they had done. They didn't factor that in. And so that's what I want us to keep in mind today. How our actions basically cause a domino effect on so many other things. Even right now, uh, just in New Zealand alone, uh, they decided to change gun laws there, uh, which I'm not against or uh, for uh, specific gun laws. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't really have too big of an opinion on that. But what I do know is gun laws whether you take them all away or give everybody one, gun laws are not going to change killings. People are still going to be killed because the problem is people's hearts. That is, that is what's wrong, our hearts. If we truly had the love of God, we, didn't, we wouldn't have these things occurring. But 
now now when I say this this is not scripture and I did not get this from God but when I look at the situation because this is not the first time now this man live streamed this um, this event occurring he live streamed this and so this is not the first time that somebody's live streamed them hurting someone else this is not the first time and so what I see now like I said this didn't come from God I'm not this this is not come from God so please don't misunderstand me here but what I see occurring is this type of thing is going to continue to happen people are going to continue because it, we used to live in a time where people wanted to hide their dirty laundry people wanted to hide when they did something evil against someone else but now the world is getting so wicked that people want you to know they did certain things if you see and I pray people don't even see this video but this man willingly was showing his face he was proud of these actions and that's how we are but little did he does not understand what he truly has done he does not understand all of the effects that this situation is going to even have on the rest of us uh the rest of society and i understand it, it wasn't a huge deal to so many people in the united states but this does affect us excuse me <coughs> thank you this does affect us because it's just like uh, many people may remember uh, a while back we had incidents where we started having a bunch of clown spottings. Oh yeah, I remember that. It only takes one somebody to see somebody do something and now everybody wants to do it. It, it only takes one somebody to see another person doing something and they say, I think I can do that better than them. I think I can do it just like they did because it seemed like they enjoyed what they did. We don't truly understand the weight that our actions truly even hold. So God is asking us today, what is this that thou has done? And that question goes not only to the people that done the incident in New Zealand, but even us today because our actions carry weight. In God's eye, all sins are equal. Say that again. In God's eyes, all sins are equal. So we can easily look at what this gentleman did in New Zealand, and it got, it's God awful. But if I were to lie right this second, me and that person are equal in God. As a sinner, we are both equal. And there is only one price to pay uh, in eternity, and that's hell, the lake of fire. There's only one price. We're not going to get there, and I'll have a specific spot in the lake of fire because I've only sinned 30 times, <laughs> and somebody else who's sinned 50 times is going to have a worse spot. Or worse spot. It's, it's not so the wages of sin is death there is hell to pay so really what I want us to really think about really contemplate is how our actions 
truly affect not only this life, because they definitely affect this life, but even the next life to come, because we're all headed out of here. And so let's uh, start back at verse 1, uh, because we're going to see Adam and Eve truly did not understand what they had done, just as us today we don't truly understand what we've done we say we understand but we don't truly understand what it is we do because if we did understand we wouldn't continue to do them because God's judgment awaits us and I already know most people aren't going to listen to this God already said so Noah preached 120 years and still people ignored him he still only had eight people, when himself included, on the ark. People still ignored him. So I already know <laughs> the, the masses of people aren't going to hear this. If one person listens out, listens out there, no matter where they are, New York, <laughs> anywhere, mm -hmm. if one person listens to this mm -hmm. and gets saved by it, it's all worth it. Job was done. If only one person. Job was done. All right, Melvin, let's, uh, let's start at verse 1. Uh, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast, subtle, <laughs> than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now, they introduce the serpent here in Revelations, which we'll, hopefully we'll have time to get to that a little bit later. The, the serpent, the dragon, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, he's more subtle than any beast. This is the most deceptive creature God ever made is Satan himself. He has way more power than us. I hear people all the time talk about how they're going to beat up Satan, how they're going to fight demons. <laughs> Lord help us. Hey, buddy. How can you overcome something that God created to be stronger than you? It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But so the devil here, he's more deceptive. He, he's more deceitful than any creature that God's created. Now, he comes straight to Eve, and he asks her what God told them. He said, look, did God say you can eat of the tree, of every tree of the garden? He asks a question because <laughs> he knows once he gets you to thinking about it, you're going to get twisted up. If you're not rooted in the word of God. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, <laughs> now God didn't even say that. God did not say, You can't even touch it. Or you'll die. Not you. We ain't gonna be able to find nowhere where God said that. He's already won. He's already won because she's already confused. And the serpent said unto the woman, "Ye shall not surely die, hmm. for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil." Now she's added something, and he's went above and beyond and said. Well, you know what? You're not going to even die. Now, God said the day that you eat of the tree, you shall surely die. A day is as a thousand years, 
and they lived to be, I can't quite remember, it was like 900 and something uh, years. So they never did make it to 1,000 years. So God was correct. They died that same day. And so the devil said, no, you're not going to die. What it is is God know that when you do this, you're going to be like him. <laughs> God know that you're going to be as God's, that's little g, as God's, and the only thing he's saying there is knowing good and evil. See, the state that Adam and Eve were in, the only thing they knew was good. But God asked them after they had done the sin, what is this that thou hast done? That They opened a new can of worms. They, they done something that God never even wanted us to do. He knew it was going to happen. But they unleashed evil into the world. Had they never sinned the first time, we wouldn't have to worry about a mass killing. We wouldn't have to worry about anything like that. Or working, or pain, or anything. <laughs> we wouldn't have to worry about a lot of things. But they did not understand what it is that they had done. And right to this day, we have people don't understand our actions. We don't understand how all of the fun we think we're having is killing us daily. It's sending us straight to the bottomless pit. We don't understand how God said, look, don't do this. We still say, God know my heart. <laughs> he said, I can do what I want to do. Yes, you can, friend. <laughs> I was, uh, I got a ride with a friend, and uh, he was listening to a song that said, I can't quite remember exactly how it went, but it says something about if you don't like the actions of this country boy, just leave him alone or something like that. <laughs> And he was talking about a preacher. Uh, I, I guess the preacher had told him something that he wasn't supposed to be doing. And uh, But people don't understand it is the preacher's job to tell you what God desires of you. Not just to pick a fight with you or tell you, hey, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. But so... Satan told her, look, God know this. Now, God know this. He know when you eat it, your eyes are going to be open. You will know good and evil. And that's us today. We want to know everything. We want to know every single thing there is about a lot of stuff that don't mean anything. Hold on. Steve said, great to see y'all spreading the word. Appreciate that, Steve. Yes, sir. Thank you, Steve. That's the only thing we're trying to do. Thank you, Steve. Um, so let, let's go down uh, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. Now, she looked at how it looked. We do that all the time. We say, well, it looked good. It don't look like nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong with it. People say it all the time. I don't see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you talk to people, I talk to people all the time, and I tell them, look, uh, God don't really want you to do that. Well, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Well, carry on, my friend. It happens so many times. We look at something and the appearance of it. Uh, in Proverbs, it said, there is a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof 
are the ways of death. There's a lot of things that seem okay, but we don't really know what it is that we have done. It was the wrong thing to actually do. And another thing is a lot of people don't think it's right when it makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, this is what makes me happy. So God wants me to do this. And that's not the case always. As a matter of fact, if it makes you happy more nine times out of ten, it's bad. Like it's a sin in God's eyes. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah. Just because it makes you feel good or makes you feel happy, sometimes like even makes you feel peaceful, it doesn't mean that that's what God's want. God wants you to do. Mm -hmm. That's why we gotta study. The devil is deceiving us so much. He is the most deceptive creature God ever created. And he does his job really well. Uh, and as people, we won't study scripture. And even if people study it their whole life, they still don't even accept it. They just read it. And when you tell them what it says, they say, no, nah, that's not what it means. Even if they see it plainly, we just will not accept what God says because it's not what we want to hear. But... <laughs> It's a dangerous thing to play with God. It is a very dangerous thing. And so, anyways, here. Now, the devil has got her thinking about this. He said, look, God know when you eat this thing. You're going to start. You're going to know a whole lot more than what you know now. So now she's sitting there looking at it. Well, now that you mention it, it don't really look all that bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when God said it, shoot, I was thinking, I don't know if this was, this was in her thoughts or not, but if it were me, I'm sitting there thinking, well, shoot, when God said it, I mean, he told me just don't, just point blank don't do it, is what he told Adam. But now when I'm looking at it, in my mind, it don't look too bad. Maybe it ain't. Maybe maybe it ain't going to really affect us. Maybe it really is. See, the devil, all he has to do is put that ounce of doubt in there. And then we'll act on it. And he's so good at doing it. He has. Now, we know God says certain. I mean, we know it. We see it over and over and over. And we still say, well, maybe I don't have to do what God said. <laughs> maybe I can do what I want to do. <laughs> The devil knows that if you disobey, the devil does not have to get you by no means. All he has to get you to do is disobey God. And God's going to punish you for that because God is a just judge. He's not going to let Tony slip through the crack. Tony didn't do what God said, but Tony still can make it to heaven. But he's going to judge Melvin by what he said do. And Melvin don't make it. That's not God. He's a just judge. He is holy. So the devil has gotten into her mind here. And it says she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. It's the worst meal they ever ate. <laughs> it's the worst meal they ever ate. This is what caused so much pain in our lives. This is what caused death. They weren't going to even die. This is what caused cancer, AIDS, so many things that plague us today. This is what caused people to be homeless. 
they wouldn't have had anything to worry about. Before, before all this happened, they were in a perfect place and God provided everything that they needed. So, let's go down, Melvin. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now they had to cover themselves up, because all of a sudden they noticed they were naked. But beforehand, they were naked, didn't even bother them. Now I probably shouldn't even phrase it like that, because a lot of people like to walk around naked and don't bother them today, but... <laughs> Before they ate of that tree and their eyes became open, they did not even need clothing. There was no evil there. See, Adam, Eve could have been 500 pounds. It, it wouldn't even bother him. She could have been 500 pounds and Eve did not bother him. But after they ate of that tree, now... Now, I don't know how many pounds she was, so don't, 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 please don't take that I'm saying she was. I'm saying hypothetically, even if she was, it did not bother him. She could have been a whole different race, and it wouldn't have bothered him. But see, now so many things after evil has entered into the world. See, even today, society says, oh, a person should look this way. They should have this type of shape, this type of figure. They should not be over this amount of pounds. That's what eating of that fruit caused into the world. That's what eating of the fruit did. See, there are so many things. When God said, what hast thou done? That carried a lot of weight. Because beforehand, Adam wasn't concerned with how Eve physically looked. They didn't even know they were naked. So how can you tell me that he, they were concerned about how each other physically looked? Now, a person got to have the right haircut for you. People say, oh, I like a man that's this type of color. I, he got to have this type of eyebrows. See, before they ate of the tree, Eve was not worried about what her makeup looked like. Adam was not worried about, I got to get to the gym today. I got to get my biceps bigger. I'm looking a little small today. See, there is a lot of things that came into play when sin entered into the world. When our eyes were open to good and evil, not just good. Now we can't even we can't even uh, differentiate between good and evil. We walk around calling stuff good all the time, and it's all types of evil. God has no part in so many things that we do, but the devil has deceived us just like it did Eve in the garden. And we won't study. We won't seek. Uh, God's word to find out how we're even deceived. People sitting at home don't even care about this. <laughs> Say, man, I don't want to hear no preaching. <laughs> okay, friend, you don't have to hear no preaching. I was in a place where I didn't want to hear no preaching either. Said, <laughs> I said, man, I don't want to hear that stuff. But now I recognize it was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. I was on my way to hell and didn't even know it. <laughs> and the yeah. devil had me thinking, Tony, you saved. Tony wasn't saved. <laughs> Tony wasn't no kind of saved. Uh, good God Almighty. So, everything has changed now that they ate of that tree. Even before they ate of the tree, they only ate fruits. Man, we can't survive today if we only have to eat fruits. 
See, their appetite even changed after they ate of that tree. Now we got to have meat. We got to have a well-rounded meal. See, in the garden, they was only eating fruit. So tell me where all the rest of their uh, their protein, their carbs, where everything else was coming from. See, God, God operates outside of science. So a lot of times people try to explain God with science. God created the science. But anyways, everything changed after they ate of the tree. So God, again, he says, what is this that thou hast done? See, they did not recognize how Jesus Christ was going to have to come down here and pay for our sins. He was going to have to be hated of so many people. And even today, people hate Jesus and don't even know it. They hate the people he's in, his spirit is in. They hate the people who carry the message of Christ, don't even know it. Fighting against him every day. What is this that thou hast done? So that same question goes to the people who have started uh, this wave of, of killings, mass killings. Because a lot of times people do it because they want to their name to go down in some history book. So many crazy reasons that Satan will enter into our hearts, people's hearts, just to cause them to do his will, to cause them to hate someone else, to cause them to say they look differently than me, so I, I got to do something about them. I got to get rid of them. Not knowing, now this is the power of Satan. I mean, it's incredible. People feel, <coughs> excuse me, People feel as if, let's say someone has, uh, let's say someone has killed my dog. People feel as if, oh, if I go kill that person, I'm getting rid of the problem. You didn't get rid of the problem. Someone else is still going to do more murder Someone else is going to do more uh, robbing and stealing. There's all these illegal things, all these crimes, especially uh, things that God said don't do. People are still going to do them. It doesn't matter how many people you uh, say you're going to kill. It does not matter how many people you say, I'm going to beat them up. That does not matter. These things are still going to be in the world that we live in. The problem is... These people are not exposed to the one true God because God is love. God said, look, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, love your, your enemies. See, if we truly love someone, we wouldn't kill them. We wouldn't say, oh, no, I'm going to hurt you. That's not love. That's hate. But that's the God who we say we serve. But yet and still, we still want to crucify people. We still want to hang people. We still want to beat them up, punish them. I've talked to people about the incident that happened in New Zealand. Uh, and actually, I even read, excuse me, I even listened to a video of, uh, of a guy who said he, quite frankly, didn't have any sympathy for him because these were Muslim people and and it really rubbed me the wrong way because 
if a person, this man was claiming Christianity, if a person claims Christianity, God said, love your enemy. Do good to them that persecute you. This is God. Jesus himself said these things. And so how can I be a follower of Christ, but everything he said do, I don't want to do it. Okay. <laughs> everything he said do, I say, no, nah, I don't believe that now. I got this Jesus chain on. I got a cross on my neck, but I, I got a tattoo on my back. But no, nah, he said love them. I, I ain't doing it. He said, forgive them. Nah, I ain't Jesus. I ain't forgiving them. So how can I be a follower, though, if I won't do these things? Sure, some, some people may have done some uh, wrong things to Christians, but he didn't tell me to pick and choose who I say I love. He didn't tell me to pick and choose uh, based off of if they're a Christian or not, or if they're a Muslim, or if they're this religion, or this color, or whatever. God is beyond all of that. God is beyond all of that. God is love. So we definitely, as, as, as followers of God, we have to weigh our actions because God is going to say, what is this that thou hast done? We will have to answer for everything we do in this life. And everybody, everybody will have to answer. So I don't have to uh, dwell on some wrong that somebody else has done. I'm praying that these people repent, turn from that, change, ask for forgiveness, and live a godly life till the day they die. Because we don't truly understand just how bad hell is going to be. People think a lot of times because it's 90 degrees where they live at in the summertime or if it's 100 degrees outside, we say, oh, man, we are already living in hell. <laughs> no, no, what I really think is a lot of people think, and I used this example before or analogy before, they think hell is going to be like detention, you know, where <laughs> you, you don't really want to be in detention, but when you get there and you see some of your friends and you act a fool in detention, it's not so bad. So a lot of people think that hell is like detention or something. Well, it's going to be just a grand time. People say they're going to smoke weed with the devil. They're going to play cards with the devil and all that. People just think it's going to be a grand time, and they think heaven is all boring and stuff. Because we live like a strict life or whatever. But they don't understand that when you actually live godly, you're more free than you would ever be living in a life of sin. Life for a, sin, for a sinner is hard, no matter how good it looks from the outside. Much harder than it would be if you live for God. Mm -hmm. But I know people definitely don't understand how bad hell is going to be. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say. If we did, we wouldn't live the way we live. I mean, there's a lot of people tell you they'll be happy when they get there. Like you were saying, <laughs> I'm going to have a good time when I get the. That is nothing but the serpent has beguiled them. The serpent has tricked them into thinking hell is going to be a good place. <laughs> this, the devil has done nothing but deceive you. But no matter how much we plead, how much we beg and try to talk with people, someone out there is still going to choose that option. 
But for those that will listen, for the few that will do God's will, this is the wake-up call for you. That's what joy in the midst of the storm is about. This is the wake-up call for you. So let's uh, let's keep on going down. Uh, verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. They couldn't even stand there. They had to hide from God. But notice... It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God. They heard his voice. The same way when Jesus was baptized, a voice came from heaven. It's the same voice. God, is, he's a voice. And so he came in the cool of the day, showing us how we have to cool off a lot of time because no doubt God was angry. God hates sin. Had to come in the cool of the day. We look at that and think it's saying, oh, it's cool right now. It's, it's 70 degrees over there where, where God was at. No, he's talking about in the cool of the day because God is angry with him. Uh, you can go ahead. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was, na was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Now, Adam said, look, God, I hear from you because I was afraid. He ain't never been afraid of God like this. <laughs> he ain't never. He, he, the entire time they had this relationship, <laughs> he did not have to hide from God. We doing that every day. I know I did it for a long time, hide from God. He come and say, look, what you doing out here, Tony? What you doing? <laughs> I keep hiding. <laughs> he says, look, Adam, where art thou? Adam said, I heard your voice. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Now, God didn't say, uh, and then in verse 11, the first thing God asked him after Adam responded, he said, who told thee? He said, look, who you been talking to? Who told you this? Because God didn't tell Adam he was naked. <laughs> he said, who told you this? I'm reminded of in uh, Galatians, the third chapter. Uh, Paul said, oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Who, who done tricked you? Who told you something else? God tells us one thing, and somebody else comes in and tricks us all the time. And a lot of time, they tell us what it is we wanted to hear in the first place. We were already leaning that way. We said, I hope this ain't true. I hope this ain't true. So it just takes that one person to tell us, and we say, yeah, I knew it wasn't true. Yep. I knew it. <laughs> exactly. I knew it wasn't true. Yes. See, <laughs> in the book of Revelation, we'll get there. But so God said, look, who told you this? After they ate of the tree. Now their eyes become open to evil now. Now they know evil things. Now they can have evil thoughts. Now they have to protect themselves from the weather. See, they didn't need any clothes because everything was perfect at first. Now they need some clothes to protect themselves from the weather. They need some clothes. So notice, uh, which I didn't talk about it much, but they, they sold fig leaves. They didn't even know how to clothe themselves. <laughs> that wind cut up those leaves so easy. They didn't know how to cover themselves. 
nobody walks around with leaves on their body today. <laughs> that leave, the leaves won't provide any protection, but that shows how we are as people. We think we know a lot of stuff. We don't know nothing. We continue to learn things, but compared to God, we still don't know anything. We still know nothing. But that was the first thing they decided to do was make themselves uh, clothing of leaves. So God asked him, look, who told you this? Did you eat of the tree? And the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, <laughs> she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Good God Almighty. He said, look, she made my food. <laughs> she, she brought me that fruit, God. Look, That's the woman you gave me. You now. gave her to me, God. <laughs> That's what the man has been doing <laughs> since the beginning of time, hiding behind somebody else, hiding behind the woman. Oh, she made me do that. She enticed me to do this. She wanted me to do that. The man been doing it ever since the beginning. Ever since the beginning, the man said, look, she was the one. Adam said, she was the one. You, She was the one that gave this to me. And then he turned around. This is a double whammy. <coughs> he turned around and threw it on God, too. And we doing that today also. Look, it's the woman you gave me. First he said, look, it was the woman gave me this to eat. Then he said, look, you gave me that woman. He said, look, so really God is your fault. <laughs> I see like a lot of that today. I saw some video of some young lady um, showing off her, all, like almost all of her body and twerking, I guess you could say, is what she was doing. And then a lot of people were saying, now, you look, God doesn't want us doing that. And then the person was said, well, God gave her that body. You don't think God didn't want her to show that body off? <laughs> we know good and well God said dress modestly. And, and if people <laughs> want to argue with that, God made them uh, coats of skins in the end of this chapter. We ain't gonna, we're not going to get that far, but uh, verse 21, he gave them coats of skins to clothe them. Now, that was to cover their nakedness. But we live in a time where society is progressing more and more to wearing absolutely nothing. Yep. God gave God even gave animals a tail to cover their nakedness. <laughs> he even gave them a tail. But anyways. Um so Adam is hiding behind his <clears throat> wife and then he tries to hide behind God himself. He said, "Look, she gave it to me and you gave me her." Instead of taking responsibility for his actions, he blames somebody else, and we do it all the time. We make excuses for why we did something that we should not have done and say, well, if they didn't do what they did, I wouldn't have did this. <laughs> Little do we know God is not going to accept any excuses because had he, if God were going to accept excuses, would he not have said, okay, Adam, you got a point. You got a point. I'm going to give you another chance. That ain't what he said. He said, look, no, y'all going to have, there's going to be some repercussions for your actions. There is going to be a price to pay now. A lot of people are going to have to pay. And a lot of things. The earth had to pay. The earth was perfect at first. Now the earth, all kinds of things go wrong in the earth. Tornado, tornadoes, uh, Lots of rain, all types of things, hurricanes, fires, Earthquakes volcanoes. Earthquakes in places where it's just totally uncommon. <laughs> I mean, 
all types of things had to pay. The animals had to pay. If you read down, which we won't get there, uh, but even animals had to be sacrificed for us, for the sin that Adam and Eve made. God didn't create animals to be a meat to us, to be food to us. That's why they were eating of the fruit of the trees. But after sin entered into the world, after Adam and Eve sinned, now the animal had to give his life. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but if you look down in uh, verse 21, and I'll read it real quickly. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. God had the first, God was the one who did the first sacrifice, first animal sacrifice. He God made coats of skins for Adam and Eve. He taught them how to do that. The animal had to give his life for us. If you read uh, even in the next chapter, it's going to talk about Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel had to sacrifice an animal to God. God wanted these things. God wanted that to happen. Everything had to pay for humanity, for what we did. And if we don't get our act together, we're going to pay in the end too. More than what we're paying right now. Because God knows I don't like waking up every day just to go to work. <laughs> God knows I don't like that. But that's what he said we were going to have to do. So many things changed after Adam and Eve sinned. What is this that thou hast done? And so that's the question I'm asking today. What is going to happen with all of the <coughs> live stream uh, evil acts that we've seen? How is that affecting our tomorrow? How does that continue to progress and continue to even give others the idea to do those things? What is this that thou hast done? But in the word of God, there is a city of refuge. There is a hiding place. There is a place of safety for God's children. Not for us that are just saying, yeah, I'm a child of God. No, I'm talking about the ones who truly are a child of God. So let's, uh, let's, let's keep going down. Verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. God said, Look, what, what have you done? What is this that thou hast done? And she said, The devil, he tricked me. He beguiled me. I, I didn't know all this was going to happen. She, she already, she's realized that so far, and it hadn't even begun. It, it really has not even begun all of the punishment and things that were going to happen as a result. God had to drive them out of the Garden of Eden. Had to kick them out because they didn't, they didn't want to leave. I don't blame them. <laughs> Everything was perfect there. They didn't want to leave, but God had to put them out and, and sent them out with some clothes on their back. <laughs> she said, look, God, the devil, he tricked me. <laughs> he told me, look, everything was going to be fine. And that's what he's doing to us today. He's good at his job. He took a third of angels down from heaven. Now, if the devil is deceitful enough to take a third of angels from heaven, how you how in the world we think we stronger than the devil? 
how do we think we we are a match for him? We're not on our own. But if we have the power of God, then we are. Then we are a match for him because God is and God resides in us. Sharon says, people blame so much on the devils, but it's not the devil all the time. It's our own selves. Mm -hmm. That's so true. <laughs> Amen. So many times we already know what we want to do. We already know. But we're going to blame it on someone. We already know what we want to do. We just wait for that one amen to go ahead and do it. <laughs> that one person to back us, and we, we go right on and do it, knowing it wasn't right to do. But we don't know the effects that it has in the long run. See, a lot of times people, a lot of times people, I mean, I can even take something as uh, small as unhealthy eating, unhealthy lifestyles. And I know, man, I've done so many unhealthy things uh, in my life. I mean, even when I was in college, just the, the life I was living, the partying and drinking, all those things was so unhealthy to my body. But I wasn't thinking about the end game, how I was, how I was going to turn out in the long run. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing Adam and Eve here were doing. They weren't thinking about how things were going to turn out. It seemed like everything was going fine. Said, it looked good to eat when they seen the tree. It said, well, it looked good. That's what we, <laughs> that's the life we live. Everything looked good to me. Everything sounds good. But in the end, how are we going to turn up? How are things going to turn out? Was it really pleasing to God or did you just think it was pleasing to God? Did, did the devil deceive us and have us thinking that's what God's will was? Because people say everything's God's will. I mean, everything. Everybody thinks they know God's plan. Boy. I listened to uh, a video of a KKK member. I'll never forget it. They said they're killed for God. And these people are going around believing these things. And some people following them will believe in that. They say, oh, that's what God wants us to do. You have so many suicide killings. They say, well, God wants us to do that. No, somebody has deceived us into thinking God wants us doing so much. He, God never said do any of that. But it's because we don't get into God's word. We don't study the Bible. We don't want to hear nothing about the Bible. People ask, what you doing? Say, you say you reading the Bible. I say, oh, okay then. Well, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> Folks don't want to read no Bible, but say they know God. How can I know God if I don't know anything from the Bible? How can I know God if all I know is Jesus Christ died on the cross? That's all I need to know, friend. <laughs> That's all the devil wants you to know, because that ain't enough. It's gonna, It's got to be more. There has to be some substance. God is requiring so much more of us, but we won't take heed to his call but that's the job that he gave me <clears throat> that's the job that he gave me is to plead with his people okay Sharon says did God already know that would happen I mean why put that tree there why not take it away in the temptation uh, good question thank you for asking 
I had the same thoughts. Um, definitely God knew that was going to happen. But what God gives us is a choice. He gives us free will to make our own decisions. Now, God has a lot of robots out there. And I'll put it to you this way. I'll tell you what I mean by that. The animals, look at the animals. They have such a limited capacity. All they can do is eat, sleep, reproduce. That's really all they do. We can train the animal to do certain things, obviously. But they have, this is all they really have. I mean, and, and we teach them to do certain things. But ultimately, they don't, they don't make rational decisions. Animals, I mean, to a small degree, yes. But ultimately, at the scale between an animal to a human is extremely large. I mean, it's, it's a wide margin. It's a wide gap there. So the animal, I mean, you can really look at an animal as nothing but a robot. It's programmed to do exactly what it's going to do. But now us, on the other hand, see, the sun does what it does. The sun does nothing but give off heat. That's what the sun does. There's, it's supposed to give off light to the world. The moon is supposed to give off light at nighttime. If we read in uh, the first chapter of Genesis, God tells all these things to do this. Everything that God created serves a purpose. But now, humanity, we have a much higher purpose than anything God ever created. Anything else in this world, God loves us the most. On his list of things that he loves, we are at the top. That's why everything else had to uh, suffer for us. Animals had to suffer for us. The ground had to suffer for Everything had to suffer for us. See, in the garden, God was causing the ground uh, to produce food uh, for Adam and Eve. Now we have to go out there and fight the ground. They didn't have to do that. They didn't, Adam and Eve didn't have to go out there and water the ground. God was causing water to, uh, God was causing the ground to be water. So what I'm saying is everything had to change for our sins. But to get back to your question, so everything does the job that God called it to do. But now humanity, we are the only thing that God breathed a living soul into. A lot of people think, a lot of people say that animals have souls. Human, humanity, humans, male and female, were the only thing that God breathed a living soul into. And so, with that, we have the option to do what God said do. See, every day, <coughs> I don't care how much, uh, how people talk about. Uh, global warming or whatever it is, the earth is going to do the same things. It's going to revolve around the sun. It's going to continue to do the same exact thing that God caused it to do from the beginning. But humans, us, God said, look, Tony, uh, thou shalt not steal. I said, you know what, God, I want to steal. I want that. That, that computer, Melvin, God, I like it. <laughs> I, I like that computer, God, so I'm going to take it. I mean, what you going to do about it? So that's how we are as people. God gives us that choice. That's love. See, he lets us do what we want to do, whether it's hurting him or not, because that's how yeah. much he loves us. Yeah. We 
desecrate his name, put bring shame to his name every single day. And he still loves us enough to give us that choice because he could just take out like if a man has problems with looking at women in, the, in a lustful with a lustful intention, God could just make him blind to see certain things. He can take away that temptation, but he loves us so much that he give us he'll give us what we want. <laughs> It'll be sending us to hell, but he gives us what we want. So he's not just going to remove that temptation. Now you can grow closer to him so that you can fight that temptation more but that's you know another topic but that's all I'm saying yeah so love is giving the other person an option if I let's say hypothetically I have a wife and as a matter of fact let's say I made her marry me that's not love that's not true love if I have to force someone into a relationship with me. I have to force someone, hey, look, you need to do this today. I have to force them and say, you better do this today. That's not true love. What God desires is someone to love him back. Uh, willingly. Willingly. Uh, he said, he that will, let him come. Uh, in one place it says, and I'm forgetting how the scripture even goes, but he says, uh, he said, "I have not, I have not seen, nor have ear heard the things that God has prepared for them that love Him." See, God has something prepared for those people who will love Him enough to do what He says. In one place, Jesus said, "If you love me, keep my commandments. Just do what I ask you to do. If you love me, because if we understand God." is higher than us his thoughts are higher than us his ways are higher than us we will come to the understanding that well i can't truly understand why god doesn't want me to do this thing but since i love god and i know he loves me he's not going to do anything to hurt me he's trying to protect me i just don't know how yet but he's trying to protect me see it was god's love when he told adam and eve not to eat of that tree that was his love he said, look, don't do that. It's going to hurt you. The day you eat it, you're going to die. He didn't lie to him. He, he, told, he said, look, I love you. I don't want you to do it because it's going to hurt you. Every, all of these commandments, all of the things that God's ever told us, it's out of love. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us to do it uh, out of spite or uh, anything like that. It's because he loves us. But when you love someone in the way it's actually supposed to be done, you give the person an option. You say, hey, this is what really bothers me. And th this is what we do for even our relationships. Uh, a husband and wife, they'll, they'll say, hey, look, uh, the wife may come to the husband and say, look, this is something you do that bothers me. When you, uh, when you kick your feet up on my table like that, that really bothers me. Something small. Just using this, using this as an example. And so if he loves her, he'll say, all right, I won't put my feet directly on the table then. How about that? I'll put a pillow on the table. Is that fine? Are you okay with that? See, that's what love will do. When you truly love someone, you're willing to do the things that they ask you to do. You're willing to make changes in your life for them. So God is trying to see if we love him enough to abide by what he asks of us. And this is the creator that we're telling no. 
<laughs> we talk a lot of times we talk to God as if we are God. We say, Well, God is what I want. <laughs> like like God has to do what we say. But so I hope I really hope I answered your question, but if I didn't, I can uh try to do it a little better. But uh, if I didn't answer your question thoroughly, uh please let us know. Uh but ultimately it comes down to a choice. God gives us the option of if we want to actually serve him or not. That's really what it boils down to. Um uh, you had anything? <laughs> I used to um listen to the song a while back and one of the lines in it it said, Forbidden fruit seems so edible and that is so true. The things that God doesn't want us to do are so tempting. Like it's it's just crazy. But he loves us enough that he equips us with what we need to overcome those temptations. The scripture says, lean not to temptation, yield not to temptation. And that's really it right now. Yeah. But so, but yeah, it, it's it's out of love that God does everything that he does. Um, but again, I hope I answered that question for you. But I did want to grab... Uh, Revelations 12 and, 9, and verse 9. But I didn't bring it up earlier, but uh, Jesus said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. In, in Genesis, when um, God was asking Eve, he said, What is this that thou hast done? Then we fast forward down time, and Jesus says, Look, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, Adam and Eve didn't truly know what they did. And we truly don't understand uh, our actions today. Sharon says, but that is so hard to do, even with the praying and the fasting. So, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the fighting the temptations. Um, that's what I'm assuming, too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what you're getting at. Uh, the fighting of temptations to do what's right. Uh that's what the power of the Holy Ghost is for. Uh, let's let's go to Acts, the first chapter, actually. Acts Making a lot of chapter. good points, Sharon. I'm glad you came and yes, started and started watching. This is this is what we like interaction. Oh yeah, I appreciate the questions. Always ask questions. That's the only way to ever get a real understanding. Because I I have to ask a lot of questions. She said yes. That fighting temptation is. What did you say? Acts. Uh, Acts, the first chapter. Uh, and I think I want verse verse eight. Uh, let Let's go. Let's go. Let's start at verse. Let's start at verse seven. Acts, the first chapter, and verse seven. And he said unto them, Jesus. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in His own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, the important part to note there is verse 8. Now, Jesus is talking to his 11 um, uh, disciples here right before he ascends back into heaven. Now, he's talking to them. He says, but ye shall receive power. Power. 
Glory to God. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. See, Jesus was trying to get them to see because now I don't know if you've ever even uh, read about this in which we don't we don't even have to go there. But if you look at the life before. While Jesus was here teaching the the twelve, if you look at their lives, even even take Peter, one of the strongest of the apostles, uh, he was really their leader in Jerusalem. And so when you look at him, Peter lied and denied Jesus three times. And even when they asked him, Peter started cursing the people and everything. He started cursing them out. Look, I done told y'all, I don't know Jesus. Now, we can only imagine what, what curses he said to these people. So, if you see how he lived before he received this power, this power is what gave him strength. In one place, Jesus said, when ye be converted, strengthen the brothers. Peter and the rest of the eleven did not have the power of the Holy Ghost. So, when you get the Holy Ghost, that is the escape plan that God made for us. That is what's going to give us the power to overcome sin, to overcome things. Because I, I know me, now that I look back on it, I don't have no control. And if, if we're honest with ourselves right now, we don't have any control. If we're honest, if we look at there are some things that, man, it's like I wish I didn't even do this, but I can't stop doing it. If we had some honesty with ourselves, we'll see. We don't have any power to control ourselves. But we have to receive the Holy Ghost. And that where that's where it becomes, do we have the Holy Ghost? Because a lot of people a lot of a lot of people will deceive you and say, Oh yeah, you got it. A lot of people will say, Oh yeah, you got the Holy Ghost already, but Notice here, this is right before Jesus left these apostles, uh, these, these disciples here. They did not even have the Holy Ghost. They've been with Jesus for three years, and they did not have the Holy Ghost. So how is it today that we ain't even seen Jesus, but every, all of us, every last one of us got the Holy Ghost? How in the world, how did that happen? That's nothing but the devil has deceived us. So... What, what you definitely have to do, Sharon, is uh, receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, let, let's, let's get Acts 2.38. Actually, let's get Acts 2 and 30. Let, let's just go ahead and read 38. This, now, what we're going to read here is after Peter has received the Holy Ghost. So now he's equipped to tell us what we need to do. To overcome the sins. To overcome the things that God tells us not to do. This is how we do it. Alright, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's, that's our escape right there. Getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized in Jesus' name. That's our escape right there. Now, from the outside looking in, it's easy to say, ah, that, that, that don't make that much sense. That don't mean that much. Getting baptized don't mean that much in Jesus' name. 
getting the Holy Ghost. People, a lot of these don't really seem like they mean that much, but this is God that we're dealing with here. And we have to receive that power. And that power is going to give you the power to overcome sin, to overcome things that it seems like we just can't help but doing. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't even notice the condition we're in until we get out of that condition. I mean, it's so easy to be addicted to anything in life. I mean, anything. You can be addicted to a person, uh, a certain drug, a certain food. I mean, I mean, you can be addicted to eating. You just can't stop eating. Even though you're full, you're like, I can't stop eating, though. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things we can be addicted to in life. And but God wants us to have some type of control over ourselves. But since we are in this body, he understands we won't have control unless we receive his power. <laughs> but if we continue to reject God, continue to reject the things he says, we'll never get his power. But so that that's really how we'll overcome Sins. Now, that's not to say a person will be sinless, never sin again. That's not that's not to say that. But you will overcome the lifestyle of sin. The feeling that I have to do this every single second, every single day. That that will be that will that will subside. God will take you to a higher level that certain things will have no control over you any longer. But that, that's what it is. We have to receive the Holy Ghost. And if, if you need me to go into uh, further details on how we even do that, please feel free to ask anytime. Uh, please ask. Even now. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I really will go into that deeper, too, uh, because there's a lot of, lot of confusion on how we even receive the Holy Ghost. And I've, I've spent many a days trying to get people to understand that but right so definitely a lot of confusion on the correct way to baptize how we get the holy ghost how do we know mm -hmm. that we have the holy ghost mm -hmm. a lot of people see just a video on facebook of somebody going crazy in church and they make a joke about it oh that's catching the holy ghost and i'm like man <laughs> so please ask questions on that because yep. that's really the key part those two things right there getting baptized in jesus name and getting the getting the gift of the Holy Ghost, that is the key points of our salvation. Crucial. And a lot of people don't understand. Like they think that baptism is just like taking a bath. Like one person said, "Why would God send you to hell because you didn't go into some water that they got out of the faucet?" And you know, looking looking at that from a natural standpoint. It makes sense sounds what good. they're saying. Like, it sounds good. That's the devil talking because... Just like that tree look good. <laughs> right. So, why, why we got to get into some water and go down? Like, how is that? But see, they just don't understand the severity of it. Like, those two things, there are so many places that we can go in the Bible and that'll show those two things that are, that are being asked. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? It gives you power that you just can't even imagine. Like things that used to Man. make me upset, I don't get upset about. Like I still get upset at certain things, but like those little petty things, like they don't affect me anymore. The things that Man. I used to be like addicted to. Yes, I've had addictions in my life. I've overcome them. 
It wasn't easy and it didn't happen right away when I got baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost. It didn't happen right away. It'll definitely be a struggle. But once you get out of that struggle, once you go through it, <laughs> Man, it's, it's, it's a, a weight world. off your shoulders. It's a world of difference. And I'm so glad that I did it because I used to think about the times where, you know, I wasn't really fully in God's word. Yeah, I went to church. Like I say, my parents made me go to church all the time when I was little. And I thank God that they made me do that because had they not, there's no telling where I would be. I would still be out there in the world thinking that nothing is wrong and I'll be sending myself to hell daily, not even knowing. And a lot of people say, well, if you don't know, then God can't punish you for it. But there's a verse <laughs> just for that. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because they reject knowledge. We reject God not even knowing it. <laughs> we go do things every day that God said, don't, don't do. So once you get those two things, <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it'll, it'll definitely be worth it. It really is. And it's really a weight off your shoulders when, you, when you're no longer controlled by desires of your own body. It, it's a weight off of your shoulders. It really is. And like I was saying earlier, so many things I didn't even notice I had a problem with until God began to show me them. He began to show me, that's what you used to look like right there. And sometimes that's still what you look like. <laughs> but, but when he began to show me, I mean, you can either take it one or two ways. You can accept it or you can deny it. But if you truly begin to except where your faults lie in God. I mean, he will show you some incredible things and give you the power to overcome so much in life to become what he wants us to become. Right. It's not about what we want to be. It's about what he wants. Nope. It's not about what Tony wants for you. It's not about what Melvin wants for you. It's about what God wants for you. Because I want everybody saved. <laughs> I preach, like, tell people about God all day, knowing good and well they're not trying to hear it. But, I mean, like I said earlier, if, if one person hears it and gets saved, it's, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Try to tell people all the time, like, pleading, like, man, look. <laughs> Um, well, if no one else has any questions or if Sharon, if you have any other questions, definitely feel free to ask before we jump off. Definitely. Like, definitely. please ask questions about baptism and getting the Holy Spirit. Like I said, those two things are, are very key. I think you had us revelation uh, yeah, I was just, yeah, let's read that right quick and uh, give anybody a chance to ask any last questions before we close it out for the night. Uh, Revelation 12 and verse 9. All right, Sharon has another question. Why do y'all think this generation of people don't like church or stay away? <laughs> well, for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, you have something to say? I mean, one reason could be it's a lot of false prophets out there. God warned us about people not, like, telling the truth. It says, beware of false prophets who appear to be in sheep clothes, but they're ravening wolves clothes. And she says, some say it's because the church is so judgmental. What do y'all think? All right, I can answer. Like, 
one thing people say, now don't get me wrong, there are churches out there that do judge like that, and a lot of those churches will give bad name for the churches that's out, out there that's actually trying to do right. But the word judge, a lot there's a lot of confusion around that word. Like when people do things that God said don't do, and we say it's a sin, then they'll say, well, you sin too. Why are you judging me? Like, hold on, man. I'm not judging you. Like, when I say that's sin, it's because I love you. I, I care. I don't want you to. I, I care about your soul. I don't care about how you look, your height, what you wear, anything. I care about your soul. So in order for me to tell, like, to show that I care for your soul, I'll tell you, hey, what you're doing, God doesn't want you to be you to do that. And a lot of people say that that's being judgmental. Like, I, I get it. A lot of people will say that Christians are the most judgmental people. <laughs> but we care about your soul. We don't want your soul to be lost for eternity. No matter how long you you can live 500 million years on earth, that still won't scratch the surface of eternity. Like, I still can't wrap my mind around how long eternity is. It, it's never ending. And for me to be in hell and fire, where it says in Revelation, said gnashing of teeth, for eternity, like I, I want to get this thing right, and I want other people around me to get this thing right. So I'm gonna say, hey man, that's a sin. You shouldn't be doing that. Now I use this example that Tony uses, and I'm pretty sure a lot of other people use it. Use it. Like I can see an apple, and I, I say, hey, that's an apple. I wouldn't be judging that apple. I'm just calling it what it is. So when we see sin and we say, hey, that's a sin. You shouldn't be doing that. We're just calling it what it is now i can see somebody like we all know that drunkenness is a sin like i can see somebody get drunk or whatever and i was like man that person is horrible how could they do that like man like that would be judging but if i were to just come up to, to them and say hey that's saying god doesn't want you to do this god has so much better things for you to do if you just do what he said then that would not be judging and you can add anything on that if you wanted to it's it's a tricky a tricky thing what we've what we see is that nobody likes to be told when they do anything wrong now in the end now god spells out every single sin uh he, he spells out so many things that he does not want us to do but tony me being a minister if i if you ask me tony is it wrong for me to do this and i say well according to the bible god does say that's wrong Somebody might get upset and say, well, Tony, you ain't doing nothing but judge me. You just, you just want to judge me. I said, hold on. Tony didn't say that. Tony did not come up with the fact that that is a sin. God told me in Scripture, he told you too, whether you knew it was there or not. But uh, Sharon said, great answer, Mel Mel. That's what they call me. <laughs> One more question and I'll let you guys go. Oh, go ahead. I mean, ask you can as ask many yeah. questions as you want because, like I say, yeah, it's just exciting, you know, when somebody actually wants to learn about what God has to say. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. We don't have anything to do tonight. We got lots of time. <laughs> but, I mean, I understand everybody. You might not have the time, but definitely ask away. In the meantime, what were you saying until she asked her question? Um, a lot of times people just don't want to know what they are doing wrong. But I, I would I would agree that a lot of churches go about it the wrong way. Yeah. For example, uh, someone someone may have a an unhealthy addiction to something. 
churches will put these people out of the church, won't even offer them any help. Yeah, like I remember seeing that poster. It was a while ago, and it, it was about a person that hasn't paid their tithes or something like that. And they wrote them a letter and saying, you can't come anymore. <laughs> Lord help us. So I can get why that church Lord would send us. people away. Like if that church is like truly from God, then they would offer like, hey, let me help you out. Like obviously the person is having like a hard time. Let me help them out instead of kicking them out of the place that the one place that's a, they're supposed to feel like refuge in. Like, <laughs> if you go into a church like that, you need to leave there anyways. You need to seek and find true people of God who care about more than your money, who care about more than how you look, who care about more than what you're bringing uh, physically as far as your assets to whatever place it is because. God is way more than money, and he's definitely way more than a mega church because that ain't nothing but a building. God cares nothing about a building. Everything in this world will burn one day. Everything in this world will burn. Will burn. The question is, will you be one of those things? Because the building, they're going to burn to the ground. He already said it. He's coming back for his children, though, us. And that's what number we all want to be uh Counted in, but I, I see. And, and then, like the, the, I'll say this real quick. And the building itself isn't the church; it's mm -hmm. the people. The people are the church. Mm -hmm. But um, Sharon said, "Ask when someone dies, and a person says they are in a better place. What if their place is in hell?" <laughs> Great question. Uh, that's because a lot of times people talk about things that they don't even know. I mean, really, if you even think about it. Every time somebody dies, we say that they were, they're in heaven now. We don't know that because the Bible says most people are going to be lost and go to hell. Now, that's scripture, and I can show you that, that's too. Awesome. Like, uh, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Mm -hmm. and it's also in Luke. But, I mean, it's, it's not for me to know where somebody went. So uh, if I ever have to preach a funeral, which I probably will at some point in my life, I won't be standing there telling you, well, they, they done made it to heaven now. Because I, I pray I don't ever say that because I don't know if that person actually made it to heaven or not. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, well, so-and-so went to hell or so-and-so went to heaven. Because quite frankly, that don't concern me. My goal is to help the people who are still alive. Hey, you got to make a decision today. Yeah, because those are the people that still have a chance. That's like the dead yeah. and gone. They can't, yeah. they can't hear. They can't see yeah. what's going on on earth anymore. So, mm -hmm. like, that's not really the question to to be answered. But um, I remember mm -hmm. I saw one picture. It said um, every time somebody dies, they say, oh, he's in heaven. They, they earned their wings or whatever. So hell just empty, huh? <laughs> they were saying it in a joke, but I mean, that really is true. And then a lot of people will say, so you really think God has sent that good person to hell? You really think they will send that good person to hell? See, another misconception is what's good to us as humans may not be the same thing that's good in God's eyes. Like, we can look at a person that's super nice. They may give into a lot of charities. They hold the door open every time for somebody else. That's that's what we see. So we look at that person and say, "Hey, that's a good person right there. No way, he, he, that person's going to hell." But behind closed doors, it could be they could be doing all kind of things that God say that don't do. 
But to us, we'll look at God and say, man, God, why would you let that good person go to hell? So that's just another thing. What's good to us is not the same as what's good to God. As, fact, as a matter of fact, the scripture said there's none good, no, not one. Did you have anything to say for that? Uh, let, let's run to Luke uh, to, to kind of help with that answer. Look at Luke, the 13th chapter and verse 23. The, the disciples had the question of how many people will make it to heaven. Not exactly a number, but yeah. Uh, Luke Luke thirteen and twenty three. Luke thirteen, uh, chapter thirteen and verse twenty three. Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Now they they straight up look. Are there going to be a few people saved? Like how many people we talking here? Like we talking majority or the minority that's really what they mean by the few minority or majority and he meaning Jesus said unto them strive to enter in at the straight gate for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able many are going to try to get in but only a few are going to get in because many they're not going to be able to they did not do what God said do now, the same thing is in Matthew 7, uh, 13. It's the same conversation is recorded. Uh, but he, he, he's really going to be talking about the same thing, the many versus the few. Uh, we can pick that up right quick also. All right, yeah, we'll read those two verses real quick. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, really the same um, conversation. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. There's going to be many. Many are going to go into destruction. He's only using two, two, uh, two groups of people here. A few people versus the many people. Only two categories. Saved, unsaved. That's the only two categories. It's going to be many going to destruction. Many are going to lead the pathway that leads into hell. In verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Only going to be a few that find life. Only a few. Jesus came here to bring us eternal life. He said only a few going to find it, though. So I pray that we get curious. I pray that we we ask more questions. We, we desire to know, man, am I saved? I, I need to know. Right. That that's what I wanted to find out. That's what intrigued me so much. I was like, man, look, how do I need to really be saved? Cause I hear a whole lot of stuff when I go to this church, when I go to that church, over here, over there. Jesus, he he says it so many times. Look, few are gonna find life. Same conversation he says in the uh, in Luke. He said, look, many are gonna try to get in, but they ain't gonna be able to, cause they headed to destruction. Have y'all heard the saying, highway to hell and staircase to heaven? <laughs> More people going to be on that highway to hell. But you're going to find me on that staircase. So that that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to seek God. And we just want the truth to get out there. A lot of people are not going to agree with it. They're going to say, oh, no, most people are going to go to heaven. Okay, friend, you don't have to accept what's in the scripture. I'm not going to make you accept it. I'm not going to argue with you about it either. So, but I hope we answered your question. I hope we answered all of your questions. Um, 
Do you have any more? Because sure. keep them coming as long as you have them. Yeah. We're willing to answer. Yep. But definitely always feel free to ask any questions. Uh, and if you if you ever don't feel comfortable asking online, uh, definitely reach out to Melvin or uh, however you guys think she might have said you guys are awesome at this. Sharon <laughs> says you guys are awesome at this. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it for sure. Uh, but we're just trying to do God's will at the end of the day uh, because this is way more serious than we recognize. And I, I, I never recognized it was this serious until I truly started studying and I started finding that everything around me revolved around this book. It's, it's really insane how it tells the past, present, and future, and hadn't been wrong yet, and never will be. Uh, a lot of people like to say the Bible contradicts. There's not one single contradiction in this Bible. Uh, not one. Maybe the version that they're reading it is, but <laughs> <laughs> not when you get a hold to the right version. Um, but definitely, thank you guys again. Thank you, Sharon, for asking questions. Uh, I forgot the man's name that commented earlier, but thank Steve. you, Steve. Oh, here's that scripture I was talking about. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ravening wolves. Yep. There's so many false prophets out there, and we think that they're speaking the true message of the gospel, when in reality it's just totally like, in a lot of cases, the opposite of what God is saying. So that's our goal is to bring out like the actual like what is Jesus actually saying and break down the scriptures to where like a lot of these churches I'm not trying to bash anybody's churches but like around they just don't go into these things like again I'm not trying to bash anybody's churches I'm not against anybody's churches or anything like that it's just we're just trying to bring out the truth but I've been to a lot of these churches and a lot of them and the main like the blueprint that they follow is to they show one or two or three scriptures at the beginning of the um, beginning of their service, <laughs> and then they proceed to preach a motivational message, like, "Oh, God's gonna bless you." I see it. I read it. God's gonna bless you. God's gonna get you this nice house, this, ni this nice house, this nice car. You're an overcomer. You're gonna do great things. I mean, which don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being motivated itself, but being motivated, that's not gonna get me into heaven. What's going to get me into heaven is sitting down, studying this book like nothing else, understanding what God is actually saying in these scriptures. Like we need the scriptures broken down, broken down to us. And once we start studying these scriptures and understanding what God's saying and seeking Him first, then all those things that the preacher said it's going to be added unto us. There's a scripture that says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." But that's where we fail. We don't seek him. And when we do seek him, we seek him for our own righteousness. Seek him last. But, but, what, but what does it say? His righteousness. I may I may want to be an astronaut. That may be my dream. Studying space, that makes that might make me feel great. And a lot of people will say that just because it makes me happy, just because it makes me feel at peace and great. This is what God wants me to do. That's not the case. We need to I seek know. him for his righteousness. And what he wa may want us to do may not be what we want to do at that moment. But when we seek him and learn how to love him, we will learn how to love whatever he wants us to do. 
And Sharon says, you don't just talk, but show and explain it very well. Bless both of you. Thank you, Sharon. Appreciate Bless you, you as well. Thank you so much. And then she also said, I've been to churches where I go in one way and come out the same. And I have visited other churches where I felt like the sermon was just for me. Mm. It's definitely like they preach like different messages. And you'll, some, like you say, you'll go out. I mean, you'll go in and come out feeling the same way and some. It, it really hits you. That, that's just what we try to do. We don't try to get up in here yelling and doing all that screaming uh. and stuff. <laughs> But I mean, oh, all we <laughs> trying to do is teach, teach the scripture, break it down to where anybody can understand it, because that's just what we have to do, being motivated and all that. I mean, that's a good thing, but unless we know exactly what these scriptures are telling us to do, then that big house and that big car, we still may get that, but that's not going to be what's going to get us into heaven. And then a lot of people say when we get closer to God, they look at what they have to lose instead of what they have to gain. Like, you mean to tell me I got to give up all this? I got to give up drinking? I got to give up fornication and all that? Man, what you have to gain is greater than all those things you have to give up. I'm telling you. <laughs> because when you think about it, once we die, we're going to have to give up all that stuff anyway. Might as well go ahead and do it now. Because God says once we do that, we are guaranteed eternal life. A lot of us going to give up a whole lot of things the older we get in life. <laughs> Before you die, a lot of stuff we're going to have to give up. Because our bodies won't be able to take a lot of things anymore. Right. Just won't be able to do the things we used to do. We don't look at the here and now. Or excuse me, we don't look at the later. We only look at the here and now. And some people will say, well, let's just let me have my time now. Let's let me have my fun now when I'm young. And then when I get older, then I'll start following God. <laughs> God's not going to take that. Because, for one, we don't know when our last day is. And he had it designed like that purposely. He's not just going to, you know, accept that. He, oh, he's just young. He's going to have his fun now. Or she's just young. She's just going to have her fun now. She'll love me when she's older. He's not going to accept that. Now that we, you know, we know. <laughs> now that we know his word. There's no excuse, even if we don't know it, because we 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 do so much, so many things rather than reading the Bible. We want to see what's going on. Oh man, he got her pregnant. In no way, he cheating on her. Who he cheating on? Are we all ears for listening to that stuff? But when it comes to talking about the Bible, talking about what really matters, what's going to decide whether we go into heaven or hell, we don't want to hear. It. <laughs> and said so we all saved. Right. And we <laughs> say we're all saved. Good God, the devil got us deceived. Sharon says, if you can't say amen, say ouch, because you step on a toe with that statement. See, a lot of people will say. That's why people say you judging right there, because their feelings get hurt. Right. So let's, that's good that you can, you know, receive that. And not be like offended Even that, though the that, word of God will offend you It says it's a two-edged sword It will Like we see we just Well we didn't read it But we were in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 But verse 37 if we take it back a verse It says when they heard this They were pricked in their hearts Meaning they, they felt bad They felt guilty But they you know they didn't say Oh man you offended me Why are you judging me But they, no, they looked at Peter And to the rest of the apostles And they said what do we do? How how can we right this wrong? How are we going to make this better? And then that's when Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, like I said, they didn't get offended 
well, they, they got hurt. They got hurt by it, which that's what's it's gonna take. That it's gonna take. Like we've been brainwashed into a society, and all we think about is capture the bag, get this money, make sure you and yourself happy. But God didn't say that. Put others above yourself. Esteem others higher than yourself. What greater sacrifice than it is to lay down your life for the brother? Love others. Put them before yourself. But the way the world teaches is love put yourself, yourself first. first. Love yourself. No, God, never preach love yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And it'll come because, you know, that's what Jesus did. I remember the story, all the apostles were um, arguing over each other, like, who's the best? <laughs> and God, I mean, Jesus started washing their feet. <laughs> it's a service. Do things for other people if you love them. If you have it, give it to them. God will replace it. Don't worry about what you're going to lose. Did you have anything to say? Oh, no. I think we've covered a wide variety. <laughs> Well, with a lot of churches, they'll, they'll even hold back on a certain amount of things. Like the, the preacher up there, he'll even know the truth, but will hold back because he's scared that they'll lose members. That's what it's about. It's about how, much, like how, how many members do I have in my church? How much tithe money can I bring in? Like, I remember somebody was telling me, I don't remember who it was, but they were going to a church in their hometown, and they overheard the preacher telling a young minister that was trying to um, have his own church, they said, be sure to keep the people that have good paying jobs in your church because you know, it said, you know, give 10%. So the more money they make, the more money they're gonna pay into the church, see? And this was a preacher, the preacher that's supposed to be about God's word, telling a, another up and coming preacher to keep all the members in the church, like to tell them things that they wanna hear. There's a verse that says people are going to have itchy ears. They're only going to want to listen to what they want to hear and not what they need to hear. See, that's our problem today. We don't want to be corrected. We don't want to say that we're sinning. Everybody sins, so why are you trying to call out my sin? <laughs> See, it's a difference when you mess up every now and then and then sin. And then that's on one hand. Then the other hand, you plan to sin. Like, a week this weekend, oh man, I'm gonna get turned tonight. Do all kind of things that God said didn't do. Like that's plan. You're planning. Like you know, God said don't do that. That's a that's the difference between slipping up every now and then. See, when you slip up, that's what repenting is. In Acts two verse thirty eight, it says, "Repent." First thing I do, repent. Be sorry for your sins. That does not mean say sorry and then go do the same thing the next day. It means turn away from it. It's not going to be easy at first, but I guarantee you, once you get baptized in Jesus' name, get the Holy Ghost, fasting and prayer, it gets so much easier. It's, it won't be, just be like that, but it'll come. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you, it will, because I'm a living witness of all kind of things that God said didn't do that I was addicted to. But that's all I really have to say. So, Sharon, we really appreciate you. Definitely. Definitely appreciate you. Sharon says, how many times can you repent, though, and still do sinful things? Well, you can continue. Well, let me put it to you this way. Repent does not only mean I'm sorry, 
Repent actually means make a change. True repentance is actually changing. Uh, and that's what John the Baptist came here telling people to do. He said, bring forth uh, fruits, meat for repentance. Basically, he was saying, look, show that you're actually sorry. If I, and I used this example before, but uh, <laughs> I'll even use you, Sharon, if you don't mind. Let's say I put your tire on flat intentionally. Let's say we, we talk and I get upset and I put your tire on flat. And I say, you know what, Sharon, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sorry. And tomorrow you wake up and you got another flat tire. <laughs> and you find out that I did it. I, I even confess it. I say, Sharon, I put your tire on flat again. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You say, all right, I'm going to forgive you again. The next day, I done set your tire on flat again. And I say, Sharon, you know I'm sorry, don't you? <laughs> now, ask yourself, is that true repentance? Because it's not. I am not truly sorry if I continue doing the same thing over and over and over. I continue putting your tire on flat, and then I just say, I'm sorry. I feel bad about it. I might even make a tear come out. <laughs> it, true repentance is actually changing. Um, Shannon said you're going to be walking too LOL <laughs> But uh, We can get the scripture uh, But in one place Jesus said Except ye repent ye shall all likewise perish We're going to all go to hell If we don't repent uh, That's in Luke 13 and 3 He said we're going to all perish If we don't repent But Really, because today people teach us that repentance is nothing but just saying, oh, I'm sorry. But if my actions continue to do, if I continue to do the same thing over and over and over. Now, even in that illustration, you can tell Sharon that I'm not really sorry if I keep setting your tire on flat. Hold on. Shanita says, very good answer. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, Shanita. Appreciate it. One of my Thank you. Uh, but so through through our actions, they show if we're truly sorry or not. And so, and if I if you can tell that I'm not sorry if I keep doing that, God knows way better than us if we're actually sorry. So, uh, God will allow you to continue to uh, repent, but at the same time. There is a difference between making a mistake versus you just really don't even care that you're doing it. And I know that's the situation that I found myself in so many times. I grew up in church, just like Melvin. I grew up in church. I knew certain things I shouldn't be doing. Didn't care. I still did it. I still did it. And what hast thou done? <laughs> and was proud of myself too. I mean, we brag about things that we shouldn't even do. We, we'll tell other people, be happy about it. That's not true repentance. But God is looking for that person that that is out there that's going to say, man, God, I know I've been messing up. And I want to get right with you, with God. I want to get right with God. That's the people that God is looking for. And along the way, it's going to be a few things that may offend you but nevertheless it is what God desires from us so 
anything we say to you guys is not going to be what Tony wants because, quite frankly, I don't even care what Tony wants because what Tony wants most of the time is not what God wants. So I've had to learn to shift what Tony wants to what God wants. So the things that I'm going to tell you is not going to come from Tony. I'm basing everything from God, from the scripture, from what God wants. Because carrying the title of a minister around, God is going to judge me to a harsher degree for even teaching these things. If I'm sitting here lying, he's going to judge me for even lying, for even teaching, hey, because I would be sending people to hell. If I'm telling you lies and people are believing it, I'm going to be partially guilty for them going to hell. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, that's why we always want people to come interact, even if they don't believe what we're saying is true. Mm -hmm. Point it out so we can bring up the scripture. Maybe, maybe, way, maybe we are wrong. So we want you to come. Hey, show us. Tell us what you think is right. And let's go to the scripture instead of. Because another thing, I remember, um, you know, the story in John chapter 3 with Nicodemus was the ruler of the Jews was talking to Jesus. And um, he asked, um, No, what Jesus said, except you be born again, you not be able to see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, well, how can I be born again? How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter again into his mother's womb? And Jesus answered that because Nicodemus was being sincere. He was actually serious about getting saved. But what a lot of people like to do today is just argue. Like they have no intention of actually learning what the scripture is saying. They just want to get you mad. They get a kick out of <laughs> getting you work. mad. So <laughs> I've learned like um, it's a scripture that says avoid foolish questions. So just look over them. And like you can really tell if somebody is being, you know, serious and not about actually trying to learn what God's saying. Mm -hmm. So what arguing is is what we are not set out to do. It's just to teach people the actual true message of Jesus Christ because we know that that's not is not being taught or is very rarely being taught. So we want to bring it out through the power of the internet and through live streaming mm -hmm. to give people a chance to hear what God is actually saying because we already know most people won't listen to this. Most people would rather go look at other things other than the Bible, other entertaining things, not knowing how serious it is what God is saying. In Revelation it says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open, I will come into him and he into me and I will sup with him. He's not going to force his way in. And that's what we're not going to do either. We're not going to force anybody to listen to what we're saying. Of course, we this may be bombarding your timeline. All you have to do is turn the notifications off. <laughs> that, that unfriend button unfriend. is right there, my friend. <laughs> I will. I promise you, I will not be offended because I understand how it was. You know, <laughs> before I got fully into the word, like I remember, I tried three times, and the first two times I was unsuccessful. I remember, um, I was trying to play some gospel music in my car, and I was like, "Man, this ain't it, Chief. This ain't it. <laughs> turn back on that little Wayne." <laughs> But I mean, I eventually got it right. Like, cause at one point in time, every time I saw something about God on my timeline, scroll. <laughs> and we know that that's what a lot of people are doing today. So I promise you, you don't want to hear it. But you're not saying this in, you know, like <laughs> a bad way, like in, a, in an offensive way. Like we're not trying to force anybody because we know Jesus is not going to force anybody. If Jesus had to force anybody, that wouldn't be true love. It's a choice. 
He wants people who will willingly, diligently seek him. So that's, we're not going to force him. We're not going to argue. We're not going to do any of that. Our, our main goal is to just teach people because we want to see everybody say We want to see that, but we know that the scripture, we just read it in Matthew and in Luke, that most people are going to go to hell. And a lot of people don't like hearing that. They think most people are going to go to heaven. And I've noticed that a lot of people base that off of, well, I'm not going around here killing people or anything. <laughs> killing is the only sin. But it's a verse that says, <laughs> he, who, he who hateth his brother is a murderer. That's a murderer. But, you know, when we go into the dictionary and look what Webster says a murderer is, that's something totally different. It, you know, it's killing. But God says if we don't love those around us, we're murderers. So when people saying, well, I'm not going around here murdering anybody, <laughs> they actually are murderers. They just don't know it. And God's going to judge them the same way. He is a just, fair God. And a lot of people just, <laughs> they won't know it. And, and it's, you know, it's hurting to see people you know that you care about that you love like send themselves to hell and you want to tell them so bad like what you're doing like it's not what God wants you to do and then they turn around and they attack you you're they're saying that you're judging them <laughs> it's just it's just a sad thing like the only thing we're trying to do is help you out but yet these people are listening to all these people saying that um talk bad about them like they'll put on a rap song that's talking about Man, these people ain't S with they broke A's. And they'll bump that all day. But let a preacher tell them, hey, what you're doing is wrong. is not what God wants you to do. They say that we're judging them. But they go and listen to these songs or, or people talking about putting other people down. And they could fit the criteria of that person, what that person is saying. And they'll listen to them all day. So we just have to, like I say again, we're just trying to um, teach the truth about what God is saying because we want God like we want God's word to be heard it's too many people out there that is not hearing the truth and that they are sending themselves to hell and not even knowing it and it's really a sad thing but at the same time all we can do is tell them all we can do is tell them because it, it'll be up to them whether they hear it or not they were told and they, they you know they were warned I know it sounds harsh saying that like a lot of people say when we say most people go to hell and to, you know, they better get right or get their act together, then they'll say that we're harsh. And Jesus never talked to people like that. But there have been many times when Jesus had to get people straight. Many times. He just hadn't read it. Yep, many times. We don't know how Jesus talked to people. He was loving, don't get me wrong. but Right, but, I mean, just like our parents do, they love us. So they, you know, they give us whippings. Like, I've got many a whippings growing up, and I am grateful for every single one. I know my mom is going to be watching this later. I thank hey, mom. mom. I thank you, mom, for giving me whippings. I thank you, dad, for giving me whippings. Keeping me on the right track, that's what God does. He corrects people. or it, It'll be up to the person whether they accept it or not. Like, I could get all the whippings in the world, whether I chose to keep doing what I wanted to do, I could have kept doing it. I could have kept getting whippings, you know. But it's up to us if we take those lessons, if we take those tribulations and get our act together. That's why the book of Acts is so important. It's the actions of the apostles. Mm -hmm. The 12 people that Jesus taught for three years. We So we got to make sure our actions align with their actions. And if they don't, then we've got a problem. That's why... <laughs> All 66 books in the Bible are important. Don't get me wrong there. The book of Acts, we, we 
that's where the first church started. Read Acts chapter 2, and we'll see how, how a church is actually supposed to be run. And we'll see that, hey, we got it wrong. We get it wrong daily. If we don't believe what the apostles believe, then we, we got a lot of work to do. Definitely got a lot of work to do. Like Paul said, it's time that we wake up out of our sleeps. Wake up out of our sleep. But, I mean, Sharon, if you don't have any other questions or anybody else don't have any other questions, then... Definitely always ask questions. Feel yeah. free to ask any questions. I'm going to shut up because I know I can be on here rambling <laughs> for hours because that's just how I'm fascinated about, you know, learning more about God, teaching people about what, what God says because it's, um, it's unearthing that how many people don't know the actual truth. And so... Like the things that used to excite me, they don't excite me anymore. This is what excites me. Interaction is what excites me when people actually have sincere questions about what God's saying. Mm-hmm. I'll stay up with you all night. Like, <laughs> because people people don't understand. Like, man, they'll say, what? Stay up all night talking about some Bible. Man, you're crazy. <laughs> but they don't understand that reading what God has to say, that is so much more important than getting to sleep, getting some sleep. Who knows, when we close our eyes, that might be the last time we close our eyes. We're not even make it to the next morning. Mm-hmm. But if we would have stayed up that night, hey, we would have known what God said done. God say do, and then actually do it. Turn around and get saved. So, a lot of people put God on the back burner. And we definitely can't have that. Like, he has to be, that's why the word says, seek him first. First, and his righteousness not what I want, not what Tony wants, not what any human wants, but what God wants. He definitely has our best interests at heart. Okay, I'm going to shut up for real. <laughs> I'm done. There's so much more to be said, but hey, there's next week. Always. Well, again, we definitely appreciate everyone uh, participating, for participating, for commenting. Um, for viewing, even if you didn't say anything, we definitely appreciate you guys also. Uh, and for everyone who will view this, uh, we thank you for tuning in week after week with us. And again, definitely feel free to ask questions. Definitely feel free to, um, if we say something, is just say, hey, show me where that's it. I want to see it. Uh, I try my best to take us to a lot of scriptures, and sometimes I take us to too many scriptures, but uh, it is my goal definitely to make things plain where we can all understand it, uh, because the Bible has a lot of hard to understand things, Um, so definitely feel free to reach out to us, and uh, definitely pray that everyone has a great rest of the week. And uh, hopefully we can all meet up here again next week. Yep. We truly appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Shanita. Thanks, Steve. All the people who commented. Like you say, all the people that watch and who are going to watch later. But if that be it, then we're going to go and get out of here. We're going to stop flooding your timeline. And I pray that y'all have a safe night.